Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. And Amber is not here tonight. It is just me and my little lonesome self here in the studio. That's all right, though. I had a really, really awesome conversation with a gentleman named Karen Woodhouse from the UK. Uh, and I just can't describe it but anything else but that. It was just awesome. Uh, I was really happy we got to talk. Uh, we're just going to get right into this. Karen Woodhouse is the author of An Introduction to Paranormal Investigations. He regularly lectures across the UK on paranormal investigations. He has a very logical approach to the field. However, has had paranormal experiences himself as a child that influenced his belief that there is something out there that we can't see, but we experience as fleeing paranormal events. All super true, all super interesting. Please, please, please enjoy our conversation with Karen Woodhouse. Coming out of a bunker in Michigan, goes the top, he's in your ears again. Woodhouse, welcome to Ghostly Talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for spending some time, taking some time to talk to us. It really means a lot. Uh, thank you. Um, how are you today? I'm very good, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, I, it's it's a pleasure. It's an honor. I, I'm happy to have you here. And you're all the way from the UK, correct? Yeah, yeah, in the middle of England. Middle of England. Uh, what, what's, what town again? I, 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 Of course, I have no memory. So what town is that again? Uh, it's five o'clock in the evening for us. So it's just going dark. Okay. And what town are you in? Uh, I live near Birmingham. Oh, so, okay. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Now you are a researcher. You've been out there. How many years you've been out there doing this stuff? Um, not that long compared to, to, to some people are probably about four or five years now, like hardcore. And that's interesting to hear that. And, you know, I know this is probably the most basic goofy question, but it's one of the most interesting questions to ask, though, and I got to ask it, uh, you know, what, what drew you to this field? Like, what, what bring, brought you in to go to this level to study at this deep? Um, well, it all started when I was a child. I mean, uh, we, we grew up in a, in a haunted house um, that was haunted by my mom's nan at the time. She used to regularly rearrange the furniture to how she would have liked it back when she was alive. Um, if my mum had left the child gate at the top of the stairs open, she would slam it to tell her that, she, that it was unsafe. Um, a lot of regular occurrences used to happen there. Um, and I always joke, you know, seeing my mum shout at, at something that wasn't there when I was so used to her just shouting at me. Um, always piqued my interest from a young age, you know, who, yeah. who or what was this thing that was interfering with our world enough to make my mum angry. Um, so, yeah, that, that that kind of started it. And then I went on to have a very up-close UFO encounter that, that is I always pin down as the gateway to synchronicity, the gateway to that, that led me down the path to where I am now. And, um, yeah, so I kind of just kept going, kept following the synchronicity and the signs, and it, it took me to where I am now. Synchronicity is one of my one of my 
one of my how do you say one of my trigger words not in a but not in a bad way when i say it's a trigger word it's it's um the idea of synchronicity to me it's something that i've experienced throughout my life too and it's just one of those things that i dove down the rabbit hole on many years ago um so when you say the gateway to synchronicity in relation to what you're studying now what you're into can we could you explain that a little bit more i mean i'm not trying to dig on you but i'm just curious about that yeah, sure. So, so I mean, the start of it was was, was really like I, said, I saw that UFO, and uh, the next day I I kind of went and and to try and report it to somebody, and uh, the only guy I could find at the time on Twitter was a guy called Antonio Paris, who's an um, uh, American based okay. researcher, and he put me in touch with um, the U- his UK branch, and I got talking to a guy called Lawrence who was lived in Scotland, so. To me, from where he was in Scotland, we're talking five or six hundred miles away. Um, so it's it's quite far, and uh, we used to Skype each other regularly, uh, so he could get details of my sighting, and um, he'd talk to my brother who was with me at the time, and we'd send sketches to him and stuff. And then the one day he said that um, he told me I can't, he couldn't talk to me for too long because he was going out, and I said that's fine, I'm going out too. And um, I asked him where he was going. He said he'd got a lecture. I said, all oh, right, I'm going to see a lecture. Mine's on 9-11. And he said, oh, mine's on 9-11. Oh. And at, at, yeah, at this point, you know, alarm bells start ringing. Yeah. And I said, oh, where do you go in Scotland for that? And he said, oh, no, no, no. I said, my, um, my sister's married to a guy from Birmingham, and he's got me tickets to a local group there. So about an hour after that, I was stood at the bar with him having a pint. Um, finally got to meet him, you know, after talking to him yeah. for four weeks in a, in a, a ludicrous uh, scenario. And the group that we we were at, um, I then realised that they were so close to me, so I started going to more and more lectures there. I then got asked to give a lecture there myself, so that was the first lecture I ever gave. Yeah. And then they basically said, "Oh, you should write a book about all this stuff." So I went on and wrote a book, and so it kind of just keeps pushing me and pushing me and pushing me, and little things keep happening down the path. It's almost like a video game, you know, um, a platform game where you, you can't really deviate from the path. If you do, something's there to block you or push you back the yeah. way you should be going, and that's how I feel at the moment. Yeah, now, the book you mentioned that you wrote, uh, that, that's the one that's uh, an introduction to paranormal investigations, correct? Yeah, that was my first book, and I'm partway through the second now. That came out last year. Uh, yeah, I self-published it. I f- came out about July time, August okay. time. Cool. Yeah, uh, we'll make sure we put a link to that on, on the uh, when we post the show up for this show. Uh, uh, people check that check that book out. It, it, and, I, and I love books, especially as I, even the title I think alludes to you know what the book may be about. And I think there should be more books like that, uh, especially when it comes to paranormal investigations or people going out in the field and doing this sort of work. I think there sh- there needs to be a lot more books from people who have done, you know, have maybe done the work, you know, for a couple of years or maybe many years. And there are, there are books out there too. I think a lot of books revolve around and, and, and mind you, while before I say anything else here, um, I mean, they're all good. It's all excellent stuff, but I think a lot of stuff revolves around, you know, haunted locations, stories, ghost stories, personal experiences that people have, which are great. But I love to see books like this, too, where there things are like, well, here, I started doing this stuff, and here's some stuff that I did. Because, um, as you know, Karen, um, there, nothing's fact here. We don't, it's all theory. So people are just out there experimenting. And the more information I think that's out there, 
you know, pointing to that direction, like, here's what I tried. I think that's super cool. So kudos to you for getting that book out. Thank you very much. I, the reason I, I, I wrote the book was because I was getting a bit um, mildly irritated, shall we say, at, um, at people turning up to our investigations, expecting it to be exactly like Most Haunted or Ghost Hunters or something off the TV. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. within half hour of, of no one being possessed or anything like that, they were genuinely bored and asking if they could leave. So I thought, you know, these people are, they're under this grand illusion of what, of what ghost hunting actually is. And, you know, ghost hunting is trying not to fall asleep at two o'clock in the morning. Um, oh yeah. While, while, while your mate next to you is snoring his head off. Yeah. Um, I think the reality, you know, that's what ghost hunting is. Yeah. We, and you know, I mean, we're no strangers to it here. We've been doing this for a couple of decades now. And, um, that's the one thing, and I and I and I tell this story often. That I got to a point, and I mean, I don't want to turn this into a shit on paranormal TV show show. We don't want to do that, but there are things to be said about that. Yeah, <laughs> right? uh, you know, <laughs> and, there, and there's facts, <laughs> and we talk about it often on here, and we're going to keep talking about it often on here because it's something that needs to be discussed, right? However, uh, I know many years ago when I was at what I would what I called my burnout phase for a while, right? Um, it got to the point with the TV show thing that, I mean, let's say people that didn't really know who I was or what I did or the, the podcast that I did, maybe people I just knew kind of lightly, like acquaintances, right? Yeah. Um, something would come up about paranormal stuff, right? And you'd think, nor- well, Norm, like a few years before that, if somebody said, well, I'm going to be going on this, haunt- this ghost hunt thing that somebody organized, it'd be like, well, hey, I'm your guy, right? We could talk. And I, I remember getting myself to a point because I was so burnt out having to deal with and explain to people for hours on end about why whatever TV show, just put in, put in, insert the TV show there, why X TV show uh, is not true. And that's exhausting, I think. That, that became very exhausting for me personally because I would spend two to three hours talking to people sometimes about this, right? Explaining to them why this is entertainment and that's all it really is, right? It burns you out. And that goes over to the point that you made, uh, Karen, that, um, yeah, you have people to come out. And I'll never, I'll never stop saying this, though, too. And you tell me what you think about this also, Karen. Uh I have no problem. I think it's good that people are inspired to maybe study this field further as a result of watching uh, one of the paranormal TV shows that are out there, right? I think that's yeah. a good inspiration, yeah. right? I think um, – go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, I uh, completely and utterly agree with you. You know that I mean, it inspired me. I used to watch Most Haunted when I was 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Um, and, you know, made me want to do it. Um, but you know, there's a difference between, uh, kind of getting inspired by it and doing your own, your own thing, you know, um, and, or getting inspired by it and just copying it because unfortunately it, it's transpired down to the, um, the not so amateur groups. I mean, they're basically franchises now, um, that are dominating the market in the UK. There's three or four of them wow. and, um, they're replicating most haunted, you know, that they're, they're charging, 
an obscene amount of money for, for you to go on a ghost hunt with them. And of course, if you're paying that much money, you have to have an experience because if you don't, you want your money back. Yeah. And so it, they ensure you have an experience one way or another. You know, they have a an in-house medium who guides you around, telling you what to see, what to hear. Um, and this, you know, this well, is just me saying this. There's so many people that have experienced yeah. this. They're front-loading people. That's what they're doing. Yeah, that, that, that's that, it. It's yeah, called yeah. front-loading. Now, and and I call that I call that whole thing manufacturing a haunt. That's the idea of manufacturing a haunt, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've noticed it. Over the last 10 years, especially, uh, and I've dis- we've discussed this before on this show, and we're going to keep discussing it, right? <laughs> is, is the, and I've noticed, uh, I've just noticed all, here in Michigan, where we're at in the U.S., uh, I've noticed a, a, a dozen at least, all of a sudden these just old houses, you know, beautiful Victorian-esque houses, we have a lot of those here, right? Uh, yeah. All of a sudden... They're haunted locations, and people are charging 50 bucks a head for people to walk through the house or spend the night or whatever, a couple hundred dollars to spend the night at the house and, and do an investigation and things like that. And my big problem with that is, okay, just be, as we both know, and you're from England, so <laughs> the UK, I mean, a lot of stuff looks really haunted there uh, because, it, yeah, it's pretty creepy looking. It's old. It just has that look, right? Because yep. that's more front-loading from Hollywood, as I would say, too. Um but I, I would I say that all the time, like just because it looks haunted doesn't mean it's actually haunted, though, right? So somebody takes uh, a house that looks haunted, and I, I believe that some people just they just make up a backstory, like oh there was a murder here, and so and so killed this man over killed another man for the love of his wife or whatever it may be, some romantic story, right? Uh, spin up a story. And then, and then say, you know, here's the residual now. We're going to have, you know, th- on this date every year, this is what this happens. And you can experience this for only $200. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I know I'm really, I'm really dumbing it down. But, I mean, I see that. And my big question always is, okay, do you have any documentation to back any of this stuff up? Do you have anything uh, to back up, court, you know, police records, anything? You know, I mean, that's my big question, right? The problem is, though, you're, you're, you know, you're a researcher and, and your general kind of their target audience are, are just, just people who have a, a, a passing interest in it uh, and an, enough of a passing interest to pay $200. Yeah. Um, people who won't do any backstory, who live for the, you know, the thrill of it. I mean, here in England, we have uh, three or four most haunted houses in the UK. <laughs> and I think, you oh know, God. someone's got to be lying there because they can't all be <laughs> the most haunted house in the UK. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> and, I, and I agree with you. I think going back to the inspiration thing. So you watch a TV show. You really can become interested in this thing and say, well, I want to experience the paranormal. I want to experience what I what, you know, I want to see a ghost or whatever it may be. Right. And what I like to think happens with a person. And I think and I know I've met some people. Uh, it sounds like yourself also that's included in this I, this subject, Karen, is um, they, they do watch a TV show and they, it sparks their interest. My interest was sparked from reading ghost stories in elementary school, right? And that was like 300 years ago now. <laughs> it was a long time ago. But that's how my interest was, was sparked, was by reading ghost stories, which essentially, to me, is not much different than watching a TV show. It's, it's entertainment. It's a story. It's, it's entertainment, right? But it sparked my interest, right? So yeah. you get put in the situation. So I'm going to go 
I'm going to go meet Karen and and his crew, and we're going to go to a haunted house, and I'm going to have the shit scared out of me. It's going to be totally awesome, right? So you you go there. This per, I'm talking about the person. This person goes there, meets you guys, and you explain. So we're going to more or less be sitting here recording all night long, and we're going to be outside a lot, probably drinking coffee and chatting. And then when we're done recording all this this material, this footage, we're going to spend the next three or four days going through it. <laughs> with yeah. a fine tooth <laughs> okay so the person as you've already explained they say well that's not really all that exciting and then okay let's let, let's just be realistic the majority of them are just going to turn to that well this isn't I thought I was going to have a demon jump out and chase me down the hallway this isn't what I wanted <laughs> this isn't fun this, this isn't a roller coaster this isn't like going to a, a real haunted house that where they have people in masks running around chasing you and stuff like that I mean this is not scary okay the majority of people are just going to you know they're just going to run away there is that small percentage that say, well, okay, so this isn't exactly what I thought it would be, but I am interested in what ghost may be. Let's take this a little further. And those are the people that I, you know, of course, those are the people I want to talk to because those are the people that are obviously want to dig deeper into this thing. So that's the good thing I think about being exposed to those TV shows is that I think there are some great people in the field who are very serious, who are, you know, who are putting the time in and doing what they can to do their research and not just fall into the trope of entertainment like we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I often say um, that it, it, it's split. The field has split into two now. And we have the entertainment industry and we have the research industry. And there's not a lot of people currently existing within the research industry. Um, there is, you know, there is a lot, but when you compare it to the, you know, the, the bunch of people that are sitting in the entertainment industry. Um, it's not that many by comparison. And that's the reason that, that the investigative field has stalled, uh, in my opinion. It, it's kind of plateaued. It's not going anywhere because people are still running around with the same devices that they were 20 20 odd years ago um people are still asking the same questions they're not theorizing if they do theorize and um it gets to this to certain people then they're ridiculed for their theory uh, and 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 so it kind of puts them off from wanting to theorize anymore and this is what's going on and it's really keeping down the people that actually want to research and and you know these groups that are going out and these you know these franchise groups i mentioned it's it they're they're making it a very expensive ho- hobby for everyone else because they go to these locations and because they make so much money they can afford to chuck you know a grand or whatever at these places so that so that place now thinks oh this I can get a grand from anyone so you know little old Kieran and his group go and say how much would you like us to pay to come and investigate this place and yeah. they say a grand <laughs> you think well we can't afford we that. can't afford that and yeah that they're pricing you out and and you know pricing you out really and it's almost getting to the point where the only chance you have of having ever investigating some of these locations is if you go with this group so they're almost forcing you to have to go with them yeah and that, to me that i mean that's the basis of american business right there i have to say oh yeah it's, it's capitalism <laughs> it's capitalism kind of, and it's fine yeah, it, it encompassed is into the ghost world yeah yeah it, it is and you know in fairness I'm not going to try to deny anybody a living if they can find a creative way to make a living. I think it's fantastic, right? However, I mean, 
going back to the research aspect, I mean, there's the people are out there. I mean, yeah, as far as the 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 visibility they have, oh, it's it's very especially nowadays. It seems that the the visibility that that real researchers have, they don't have much because as we, I mean. I know as an engineer and stuff that I do, there's things that I do on a daily basis that somebody would look at and say, my God, that's the most dry, boring stuff I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. But when you're immersed in it and you have a passion for it and you've built it from the ground up and you have an idea about something, that's exciting. So that's your passion. That's where you're at, right? So I think, you know, most people, they just want to see, they just want the, the Holy Grail. They want a ghost to walk out in the hallway in a place they're at and say, hello, I'm a ghost. Uh, this is it, proof of the afterlife, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, give you, all the, give you all the answers to existence. This is what people want. And I don't think anything ever comes that way. It's always come in very, very small baby steps, developing things, technology, or developing theories and ideas to try to run down uh, and smoke out whatever that thing may be, I guess, right? I mean, I, I'm kind of just randomizing thoughts here, but I think that's what, you know, re, uh, from a research uh, standpoint, a lot of people don't get excited about that. And I understand that. I, I get that part, right? That people don't get very excited about someone who's sitting in their basement at a workbench working on some contraption that they have no idea of really understanding, right? I, I I think that's fair. I mean, what do you think about? I mean, do you understand what I'm saying here, as far as uh, yeah, the, yeah, the research I mean, we, side? You know, the, it kind of coincides with the fact that we have a generation of, of, of people now who can't come off Facebook for more than ten minutes at a time. Oh yeah, and they, they have to live their life through Instagram and stuff like that. So, you know, when we tell them to put their phone on flight mode because it might interact with all the equipment that we've got, then you know they kind of think, oh, really? You know, I, can't I can't get a selfie in here. Ten minutes. I can't get a selfie on my ghost hunt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that, um, I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's, you know, one issue. And then, of course, because of the, the technology that they've had their heads stuck in for, for God knows how long, their attention span is ridiculously minimal now. Yeah. So, um, like I say, unless someone's been possessed within the first 10 minutes or something's flown off a shelf and smashed against the wall, um, they've got absolutely no interest whatsoever, yeah. uh, and they're, they're inter you can actually physically see their interest diminishing as the night goes on. Uh, <laughs> and we, you know, we've had people just leave. People just say, "Oh, this is boring. We're off," and 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 they and they actually leave. I mean, sometimes I say to people, if we're doing a spirit board session and, and nothing happens, well, at least you know we're not lying, and at least you know we're not making it up. This happens. I mean, yeah. we go on investigations six hours at a time sometimes come home absolutely knackered and you've got nothing you, you didn't experience a single thing um and but in my opinion it was a great night spent with friends there you go got to see a cool location yeah. some of these locations are really cool <laughs> and you've got to look at that side of things as well my favorite one of my favorite stories on that idea karen is uh, we've been the Mansfield Reformatory, which is not too far from where here here in Michigan, Mansfield, Ohio, isn't too far from us. So I've been lucky enough to be able to go to Mansfield Reformatory dozens of times. I'm very happy I got to. I remember one of the first times I went there, and I may have told this story on the show here before. Um, I remember one of the first times I went there. Uh, you know, and you know what? I got to say, one of the things I noticed is when we 
they gave us the briefing before we went in the building. And this was a tour. We paid money to go walking through this gigantic yeah. prison, right? Um, I, I want to say, but in regards to Mansfield, I'm really happy that I got to see over the years, see that money be put to good use. They've done a lot of renovations in the building to keep it you know, up as a historical site. So it's a beautiful building, and they've done a lot of great work as a result of donations people made to, to go into building. That point aside, I, mean, one of the, I remember one of the things that was said was, you know, this is one of the scariest places on the planet, right? And which, okay, that's a very relative term. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's front-loading a person, though, right there. You're front-loading by just saying something like that. Your mind is going to go in all types of different directions. That point aside, um, I remember later in the night, you know, me and my, you know, me and my friends were like, "This place is incredible, man! Look at the look at the size of these." It, they say it's the largest freestanding cell block, you know, on the planet. Still, it's mad. It's like five stories. It's massive, right? <laughs> you literally look up and you just keep looking up and up, and you just keep. It seems like you're looking up forever. It, it's and it's an amazing piece of architecture. It's a beautiful building, and you know it has its ghost stories too. And I've seen some pretty compelling evidence that's come from there. But you're not always going to get something. And that night, I saw someone with their camera all bummed out and frustrated and disappointed, and they're like, "I didn't get anything, man. This this place sucks. This is stupid." And I'm like. You know, and it, I mean, it was a young person. I mean, you know, I mean, again, you know, this is a part of growth too. I mean, you, you know, if you watch the TV shows, we both know that. Yeah, of course, you're going to expect to see something until you get to know better. And I think this person just didn't know better. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, well, dude, you know, I understand that you came here to get a picture of a ghost, or maybe experience something. I get that. However, you're in a really cool place. I mean, this is a really amazing place to be at. Just to be here and kind of walk around this place and with the history this building has, that's, I mean, you can't leave with that in your pocket. That's not good enough for you. I, I don't understand it, right? So, I mean, I think people are too, the, I mean, it all comes down to this idea that people want to have the shit scared out of them, I guess. I don't know. They think it's a roller coaster or something. And there's more to it than that, I think. And yeah. You're with you. You're with people that you like. You're with your friends, and you're in a cool place. And sometimes you're not always going to get a picture of a full bite apparition to take home with you that night. I I can't. I none of it. We both know better than that, right? Yeah, I mean, in fact, the the you know, I'm currently my current presentation that I'm touring England with um, is titled "Experiences of a Paranormal Investigator," and you know, it's kind of years of collating pieces of audio and, and video footage and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, in out of the investigations I've done, it's probably 5% maybe, and that could be an exaggeration, 5% of all of them where I've actually got something that I would call evidence. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that I haven't managed to debunk or, and I'd say, so maybe another 5% of the stuff I did get, but I debunked, which leaves 90% of everything I've done. You know, I'm out like, once a week, once every two weeks, um, ninety percent of it, nothing. You don't get a single thing, and <clears throat> it doesn't deter me from going. In fact, it makes me want to go more. It makes me more determined to to, to go and find something. But yeah. people need to understand that. You know, people need to understand that you there is a very very high chance that you won't get anything. No, yeah, it's very high, and the, and the things you may get, if you're doing, if you, in my opinion, if you're doing your job right. You're going to do everything you can to debunk yourself. 
before you oh, say yeah, anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, right? I, it sounds like that's what you're doing, obviously. <laughs> yeah, pe- people laugh at me because I, I always say, like, you know, uh, I, go, I go on investigations with the mindset to debunk uh, that, that ghosts are real. And they often kind of look at me and go, well, what are you doing this for then? And I, I, I say, well, if you, if you go to an investigation with the mindset that you're going to prove ghosts are real, then you will. Without a shadow of a doubt, you will. Because every noise you hear, you'll just say, oh, that's a ghost. Every shadow that you see, you're, oh, that's a ghost. And you won't do any further investigation on what you've seen or hear because you're just you're convinced well, it's a ghost, so I don't need to investigate it any yeah. further. So I always go with the opposite mindset because then when something does occur, you'll think, well, what could it actually be? Was there a, was there a car that drove past and it's reflected the lights through the window? You know, was, was it someone's stomach grumbling at half past two in the morning? Did someone shuffle their tired feet? And you go through all these different scenarios that it could be until you finally arrive at the point where you think, well, actually, maybe, you know, and even then it's maybe, maybe it's a, par- a paranormal um, interaction that we've just encountered, yeah, um, and and you can take that away with you. But even then, you know, you're never hundred percent sure. No, you're not. And I mean, we, going back to the research thing, I think a lot of the researchers, like the serious researchers, because they're again, they're still they're out there. I've met them. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. really happy. I've met a lot of these guys, and they're and they're fantastic people. And they're the ones that'll. And this applies to what this situation too. Uh, they don't really want to be out there that much. They don't want to deal with the public. They're trying to keep themselves focused on their work. And, you know, as we both know, you put yourself out there, there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to find a problem with something. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to hear about that, right? You may have a thousand people that say, hey, man, great work. Good job. Keep it up. And you got that one person that says, oh, you suck. You need to be thrown off a cliff, blah, 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 blah. You know, that whole thing. <laughs> um, you know it's going gr- to grind you a little bit. So the people I've talked to, in the research field, the, again, serious researchers are like, I just, I work in my shop, I do my research, I record my findings, and, we, you know, I'll discuss it with people like yourself, as in me, um, but I don't put this out there for the greater public to, to look at and observe, because it just turns into a debate, and I want to try to understand what I'm doing here unclouded, which I, I think is brilliant, right? And I think when you're out there doing... Well, even when it comes to research that you guys are doing the same thing, right? I know myself, I've gotten myself to the point where I'm just like that. I don't really share a lot of stuff anymore. Not because I'm trying to hoard anything. It's just like, no, I've been through all that before. I think um, as far as the idea of, of it, it, it's kind of a hard thing to explain now. I'm, I'm, I'm flying. No, I, I understand. I mean, yeah. um, you know, we, 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 we're tending to do more and more private investigations without yeah. the public. Um, we've got a select set of friends who are, you know, all have the same mindset, the same ideologies. So we tend to just go out with those guys. Um, and then any, any evidence we get, obviously I do share it because that's what my whole, my, uh, my new presentation's about. Um, but, but that, that's the point now. And, and I did a presentation a couple of days ago and, and I asked the room, you know, Please, at any point, throw your hand up and tell me if you don't agree with what I'm telling you is happening, because that's how we learn. If And in fact, we had a great example that there was um, a video that I was showing the people where a light switches off. Um, you hear a rattle, which people thought was the door rattling in, in, in this house. And then you see an orb fly out of the room. And 
during the video, while all this is going on, they've got a dog that's walking around the house, and the dog disappears into the living room, so you can't see it anymore, just as the rattle happens. And a guy threw, threw his hand up and said, well, that just sounds like a dog, you know, when they shake and their collar makes a noise. And I watched, I've watched it time and time again since, and I am now convinced that this guy was right, and it, it was a dog just shaking himself down and shaking his collar. And that was the noise that you can hear. So I love that. I love the fact that he threw his hand up. He told me, actually, no, it sounds like that. And and, and and he was right. And now I know a lot of researchers who would have told him, you know, oh, shut up. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, and he would have ignored him and carried on insisting that it was a piece of paranormal evidence. But um, but for me, the, 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 the basis of sharing with people is just that, to get different people's perspectives. Because sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees. You know, if you're out there all the time doing it, seeing it you get into this mindset where where you're not thinking um of, of, of different possibilities and it's That's no one's true. fault you're just so it's deep all, into yeah. it so to have a fresh set of eyes or ears say actually have you considered this and and, and that's a, a great perspective to have yeah, no, I think, and I think I agree with you 100% on that as far as evidence and things like that. What I was saying from the research standpoint, I think I was alluding more towards the idea of someone is actually working on technology or some type of idea, and I've seen people who are working on software, for God's sake. Um, oh, wow. I mean, and these aren't like, well, these are very smart people, very, very smart people, but down-to-earth people. Um, yeah. I think the idea of that, people don't want to be... And again, I'm trying to make the, I'm not trying to sound mean, but I think it, when you're doing something like that and it's been explained to me just this way, like I don't want to be clouded with other viewpoints. I want to just take this down the road myself and see where I get with this thing. Right. No, uh, I get that. And, yeah. I, and I think that's, I, I think that's fair also, but yeah, your point though, too, as far as sharing evidence and putting stuff out there like that, you have to have that. You have to have peer review. That's super, super, super important when it comes to that kind of stuff. I've seen it, I mean, for better or for worse, we had a situation years ago where someone sent us a photo that we thought was really compelling, really compelling, and we had we had this young lady come on the show, and she was super nice, and she, she showed us, we talked about, she explained the situation to us, and we're like, that's, that's really great, that's cool, and we had a great time talking to her, and maybe about a year or two later, we went to the same location she was at. And somebody we were with was like, you know, I this person was kind of a photography nerd. And this gentleman said, you know, that picture that you guys talked about from here, because we're like, that's the wall. That's the wall she was talking about. That's super cool. That's the wall we got. She got that really cool ghost photo. And this gentleman's like, you guys want to do a little experiment? We're like, well, yeah, sure. No problem. And he more or less set up a light, you know, I mean, rough lighting. And he was able to reproduce the exact same photo. I wow. mean, same shape and everything, right? Now, to be very fair about that, this person, in, the person who shot this originally, I think it may, this person was not trying to deceive anybody. This, that she, was just, not, she just didn't consider that, that that could have happened. Yeah, she just didn't consider that, and that's fine. Um, she didn't, I know for a fact, she was not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. However... And, you know, we didn't go on our show and say, oh, look what we did. Ha ha. We, we, we let the cat out of the bag here. It was <laughs> something that just kind of came around back to her and she wasn't very happy with us. And I well, mean, we yeah. had a conversation on the phone and I'm like, well, listen, uh, 
we're not broadcasting this, obviously. That's not what our interest is. But and it's just something we were kind of just there and we got kind of pulled into. And I don't think any less of you, but she was very angry with us about that because you know I don't know why. Because if it was me, I'd have been like, "Oh wait, you figured it out? Oh, that's super cool." Yeah, that, of course. That's great. There's, there's no, it's no skin off off anybody's nose, really. If 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 somebody disproves something you've taken, um, you know, it just kind of shows what it would do for me if I was that this person it would mean oh okay so next time I get something maybe I should delve a bit deeper into what it possibly could have been before yeah. I kind of go around telling everyone I've caught a ghost yes um so she should learn from it or he should exactly. learn from it exactly and 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 and, and develop her <laughs> research skills off the back of the positive criticism really yeah and 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 try not to make that mistake again in the future yeah yeah it, it's perfectly normal it's human the whole thing to me was like, I don't know why you're getting so angry about this. It's perfectly cool. It's not a problem. However, going back to the whole franchise thing we were talking about, though, when you have sales, back to this whole capitalism thing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you have sales, they're depending on the fact that you have this. I mean, I know I've seen this before. You'll have a location like we got this picture here. And it's yeah, like some yeah. insane photo, right? This is what we got here, and we believe this is the ghost of so-and-so manner, and this this is a ghost of her or whoever, right? And when that that that's gonna that's gonna make a difference in sales. I don't know how to say it. I'm not a business person, but uh, I mean, <laughs> that's gonna it, it will it will affect it will affect their profits basically. That's gonna um, put asses yeah. in the seats. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know any other way to say it, right? I mean, so. When you, but then if you have someone come along in, in, in that same situation, right, have someone come along and go, well, you know what? That picture looks like, you know, I'm going to go there and here, I'll reproduce it for you. That's going to piss people off the same way. It's yeah, gonna... I think I think what, what, look, I I kind of say exactly what you've just said there. You know, when a business relies, and it's the same with the TV shows. So a TV show relies on your viewership in order to to to, to renew their seasons to, yeah. to keep their jobs, basically. Yeah. So they have to keep you entertained, and these these companies, these franchises, rely on you on repeat business. So they you know they need you in order to to get paid, yeah. and when your top priority is making money out of it. Then, in my opinion, you lose all credibility as a researcher. Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh, because yeah, because your top priority is making money, and you'll do anything in your power to continue to to make that money. And you know, quite we've actually been on uh, investigations with some of these groups, and we've turned up with our own equipment, our own hoodies on, you know, and, and they can see, oh, actually, oh, this is another paranormal team, yeah. and they don't like it, you know, that, that because that they think, oh. You know, they, they might know what they're doing and they might be out, you know, see us pulling a few tricks. And we have caught several times. We have caught them them pulling tricks or trying to pull the wool over our eyes. Yeah. Um, but, but we just don't fall for it. No, and you shouldn't. And that's if that was just thinking about what you said there, if I was in that position, I would be shaking in my boots all the time because it seems like. There's a lot of people out there like like yourself and you know the stuff that we do here. I mean, we don't do as much field work as we used to, but uh, it seems like if you were a person in that hot seat, you know, you're top of the heap. You got a TV show, whatever it may be. Uh, it seems like I'd be I would be really nervous because it seems like there'd be a lot of people out there trying to discredit what I'm doing. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and when it's mainly done with clever editing and things like that, it's not hard to discredit it. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I, this this whole conversation, it's something that we've had for many years, really. And I'll never really have an answer as to why it keeps happening. But I think it comes back down to what we said at the very beginning of this this conversation is it's entertainment. People want to yeah, be entertained. Yeah. People want to make believe, I think. Because, I mean, I know you've been to conferences. I've been to conferences, the paranormal-type conferences. And we were just at one recently, and I'm not going to name any names, right? But we were at one recently, and our table, we had our little thing set up for our podcast. And a few tables down was a pretty big name from a pretty big TV show. And that line ran all the way around the room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and you have, you know, along that way, you have some really interesting people who are doing some really interesting research. And well, I mean, I will say that having his table where it was, was very nice because we got a lot of foot traffic that way for us. Well, for us to do what? Give away free cards, free stickers and say, yeah, hey, just check our show out. We're just do this for free. That's what we do. Yeah. We just do it for free. Yeah. So, I mean, it was nice to have that. But what I found really interesting is that, you know, I think the focus, uh, we're in a paranormal conference, and my, uh, at least my idea has always been, well, you go to a paranormal conference, it's, you know, it's, it's a nerd convention, so let's get together and chat about weird mm-hmm. stuff and talk about interesting ideas and buy some books and whatnot. And I found, you know, and I think that's what brings people to the conference, though, too. It's all star power, right, is everybody just seemed to sit around that table the whole weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. okay. I'm not jealous. I'm not angry. That's the facts, right? Uh, so, you know, and then, but mind you, again, you have all these researchers there. You have people sitting there with, you know, all these gadgets and stuff they've been working on. And people don't really, they just want to be entertained. So I think what it comes down to is it's not much different than, I mean, this is a weird idea, I guess. But, you know, watching one of these paranormal, it, look, it's reality TV. We know that. Um, yeah. Watching one of these TV shows is not really much different than watching Poltergeist, frankly. <laughs> no, movie. I mean, it even it even is like a film, you know, with the the, the crescendo. It's like they'll be walking down the corridor with the cameras, and you, and oh, what's going to happen? Is anything going to happen? And then you can just imagine the soundtrack over the top if this was a film. And just as you can't take it anymore, something happens. Yeah, and 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 it's even kind of uh, it is built around the same idea as a film. It's no different. But, I mean, what what it's you're saying yeah. there is is interesting because I compare it to like sport. So you have American football, and in this country we have football or soccer. Yeah, and it's getting ridiculous now. You know the, the amount of money that's involved in the game, and the players are getting paid an obscene amount of money. Yes, they are. And ticket prices are obscenely expensive and people moan about it you know that as they're buying their ticket they'll say you know 50 pound to watch a game of football and 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 but they'll go and buy free and then they moan at the 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 cost of the replica shirts that the players wear so they can wear them and they'll moan that they cost 70 pound but they'll go and buy four for the family and so they moan about it but they continually do it because it's the entertainment side of it that they're addicted to, so to speak. And, and, and that's what's happening here. You know, some of these people might know when they go on these investigations, yeah, you know, it's a bit of a laugh and uh, yeah, I think they're faking some of it. Um, and when they watch the TV shows, they probably know deep down that a lot of it's just entertainment, but they continue to watch it because they're addicted to that entertainment. Yeah. 
No, I, I, that's, I think you just hit the nail right on the head, I think, because I, that's what I mean. I keep scratching my head going, you guys know that this is just a TV show. Yeah, yeah well, it doesn't leave much hope, does it, you know, for, for people like us, because they, they know it and you can tell them, but you're, you're preaching to the choir in, in, in that respect. But well, that's they're, still, they're still yeah. doing it. That's what I said <laughs> as earlier. As long I, as they're I, doing it, it will never, ever change. Yeah. You know, I argue with people and say, just stop going to the football games. If, they, if they're playing in front of an empty stadium, they're going to do something about it. Oh, yeah. But as long as you keep going and putting your ass on a seat, then they're not going to change anything about it, and you can just keep moaning, but it won't make any difference. It won't make any difference. And, and yeah, I, that's what I said before. I just got tired. I mean, I don't know where you're at with this, but I got so tired of trying to explain this stuff to people. I burned out. I totally cooked. I couldn't deal with it anymore because it's like I'm wasting all this energy spending time with a person, explain to them why the stuff that I saw on Paranormal State or whatever is not true. And I'm not talking about the cool stuff that I may have experienced or maybe they experienced for real. Yeah. Yeah, uh, or, I, I, I think my answer to that is the way I've, because I, I'm exactly the same as you. You know, it, it gets quite boring, um, and, and that, you know that was the one reason I wrote the book, as I say, because I got tired of people coming on these investigations with, with this kind of mindset. Um, but also, I've just started to surround myself with with like-minded people. So I investigate with these, you know, these like-minded people. I go and do presentations to certain groups, and you do get these kind of guys there who who defend. Um, you know what we've just been talking about um of course you get them there but yeah. it, it doesn't matter and sometimes it makes for, for, for great debate and great discussion but i think the answer to it from for our perspective is to just surround ourselves with with people who who get us and um we get them and people that can help further our research and our interests <laughs> yeah no. uh, and, and not be held back by the entertainment industry exactly and that's the way to go with that i mean to me it's it's hilarious and we're going to switch gears here in a second but uh to me i think there's no debate with this kind of stuff and you say it earlier um well and i'll say and i'll paint it a different color if you are turning footage over to a billion dollar production company to edit and do whatever they want to do with there's no credibility there whatsoever period there's no and to me there's no debate about that there just isn't uh if you're presenting something to somebody I'm sorry, you may have experienced something and I, I, I would love to hear your story, but if the experience you're talking about was archived or you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's an artifact of it out there, but it's been chopped up into a million pieces and it also has a soundtrack behind it now, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it, there's no debate about this and I like to think I'm a pretty open-minded guy but I, I'm allowed. I think I'm allowed to be arrogant every once in a while, <laughs> and that's one of those situations. I think where no, I don't need to waste any energy on this stuff. I'm sorry, and I, I'm not saying any of this stuff in anger or spite. I think these are these are things that we've talked about on this show for years now, and you know, we, it always ends up kind of at the same spot. Like, okay, this is entertainment. Why don't people get that? <laughs> Why don't people get that? Let's let's move on to something different though. Uh, something cooler, and I, you know, you have a theory on how spirit, spirits fit into a like spectrum, right? Uh, yeah. That ex- well, of course it exists outside visible light. Uh, see, now this is, and I'm, and I'm really interested to talk to you about this because I, I work with more audio stuff, anyways. That's my thing, right? Uh, I've never been a uh, much of a visual person, so explain to me this theory you're talking about as far as the light spectrum and how. 
these may be they may exist outside of what we would consider visible light yeah uh, so for me i i got uh, a few years ago i got massively interested uh into the 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 nature of reality and the world that we exist in and how we fit into that and how and why we perceive the world how we do as humans and uh through bits of research and you know uh, watching um other researchers and reading books uh, it came to light really that, that we as a human uh, race can only see 0.05 percent of the light spectrum roughly give or take and that that leaves 99.95 percent of the light spectrum unseen um and because we can't you know with with the human with the human eyes and that's a big amount of space 99.95 percent um that's existing around us now we just can't see and that got me thinking so when you look into these the, these spectrums you have things like ultraviolet and and infrared x-ray all the all these different spectrums and you know we have tools as investigators that can help us see into some of these so we have the ultraviolet torches we have the thermal imaging cameras that allow us to see infrared and stuff like that and you know infrared motion sensor cameras that we use and they're all great tools and they've, they've kicked up some great pieces of evidence that we wouldn't see with our own eyes and um so i started thinking about that you know well it, it must be there then there must be something existing on these frequency ranges that we just can't uh see or hear and so i kind of went down this route and i kept kind of uh researching it and, and pushing it and pushing it and thinking of different ways i could experiment on whilst out on investigations and people couldn't quite get to grips with what i was trying to say so i come up with a good analogy um, that i describe in the book and i use a radio station so if you're listening to radio x that doesn't mean that radio y doesn't exist you're just not tuned into it with your radio um and and for the sake of the metaphor the radio is your brain so you haven't de you haven't tuned into to radio y so you can't hear it but it's still there. Now, if you want to tune into Radio Y, you can. You can listen to it. And you no longer listen to Radio X. It's still there. It's still around you. You're just not tuning into it anymore. And, you know, I, I argue that my mediums or psychics could potentially have the ability to tune into both stations at the same time. And, you know, I'm sure you've had it where you've been in your car and you've been driving down the road and both radio stations have, have intermingled and you get this kind of crossover of radio stations. You get two songs going on at once and then it fixes itself. Well, I argue that that's what happens when you see a spirit. Um, and then I go on to argue that that's what happens when you see a UFO or you see a Bigfoot or anything that's paranormal in, in, in this illusory world this holographic world that we're living in and so if if they, if this is where they're existing we need to find ways in order to contact them on these frequencies so i, I talk about a block of flats or you know an apartment block so if you're living on one floor you might have ghosts living above you you might have bigfoot kicking around on the top floor you've got the, the the little greys that are living kind of you know two two floors below and you know that they're there because you hear them every now and then and they play their music too loud or they shuffle the furniture around or you cross paths with them very briefly as you're getting in the elevator on a morning but you can't interact with them because ultimately you're on different floors of the apartment block and that's what's happening in this world. So I've come across so many people who've said, oh, I saw a Bigfoot and he walked behind the tree, but he didn't come out the other side. Or I saw a ghost uh, and it vanished right before my eyes. Now, I would say that the ghost didn't vanish. It was still there. And I would say that the Bigfoot did actually come out the other side of the tree. But what's happened is 
the frequency that you very briefly tuned into has now diminished and you've gone back to your ordinary frequency range. So you didn't see it come out of the other side, although it actually did. And this is the theory that I've, I've, I've been pushing, really, and the theory that I've been, I've been working really hard on. Now, what the, the apartment building analogy is fascinating to me because one thing I was thinking of was, yeah, you can't communicate with the ghosts above you or the, the Bigfoot below you. But it's the same idea as the as the radio spectrum, the radio signals you're talking about. Because I don't know if you've ever lived in an apartment. I know I have. Sometimes you got noisy neighbors, right? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you hear the ghosts above you. You may hear yeah. you, now. Of course, you're not in the same room as they are. You're not in the same space. You're not. You're, well, you're you're occupying the same space technically, but there's just man-made walls and concrete yeah. behind between you, right? However, yeah. you're you're occupying. I mean, space is you know that's that's relative too. I mean, we all kind of technically we all occupy the same space. We're all on the same planet, <laughs> right? But that's yeah, that's yeah. talking big. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but you're in the same building. You're you're in your own units that you pay to live in, right? So the ghosts are upstairs. The bigfoots are downstairs from you. You're you're sandwiched in between them. And every once in a while, you hear the ghosts playing their radio too loud. Yeah. So you end up hitting the ceiling with a broom handle, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, to me, though, I mean, yeah, it's all it's it's funny, but that's a bleed through. You're hearing that signal. You're getting that signal that you normally don't hear or see, right? Now that's more of an yeah. auditory thing, I know, but to me, it, it it does kind of symbolize this idea of what you're talking about, like okay. They're all around us. They're just in a different spectrum of light that we can't see. But every once in a while, every once in a while, we can see them. They bleed through somehow. And to me, I don't know if, if, if this is something you thought about, Karen. I think that I think the the, the the secret sauce here is how do you get those signals to cross? I guess. Well, th th yeah, this is it. So they obviously do cross. Yeah. Um, now. I mean, some of the experiments we've done with this is obviously, like I say, you've got the ultraviolet torches and your, your infrared cameras. But the, we, um, there was one experiment we did where we flooded a room with um, EMF, so just frequencies, high, high range and low range frequencies. So we had an EMF emitter, and then we had a radio receiver that we were scanning these frequencies with just to see if we could pick anything up. And while we were doing this in this room, nothing happened. We had EMF meters, we had REM pods, all, you know, all of our equipment. Nobody felt anything, nobody sensed anything. Yeah. And it was really quite boring. And we had it going for 15 minutes or so. And then eventually I went and turned everything off and, and, and effectively emptied the room of these frequencies. And the second that I did that, our equipment started going absolutely mad. We had footsteps in the room. Um, people were feeling really weird. And it really started to kick off the activity. And what I think happened there was we we had we had filled the room and we prevented a, a spirit or spirits interacting with us on their frequency because we were blocking them with the frequencies that we were putting into the room, ah. almost like a party. You know, if you want to get in the kitchen but everyone's in there, yeah. you think, oh, I'll come back in ten minutes. I'm not going to get in, and and that's what it was. And it's, it's the second we emptied the room and stopped pumping out this EMF. Uh, he and he was he it came in and I think what he was doing was operating on his own frequency now he had that space yeah um and we had uh, a, an audio version of this was we had a uh, 
I had a particularly bad uh, experience the one that the one night, and I got tucked into another room to calm down. And while we were there, we heard a growl, a Ooh. very animalistic, you would say evil growl, and um, come from behind me. It was very distracting. Uh, so, but I tried to ignore it and I tried to carry on trying to calm down. And then eventually we went back into the room that was next door. And in that room, the rest of the team had been conducting an EVP recording session, and they'd picked up. Uh, the word hello and we ran the timings and they picked up hello at the very time that we'd heard the growl so what i think had happened was our human ears had detected the growl um the, but whereas you know the actual the, the 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 basis of it was hello and but we were just picking it up on a different frequency yeah and all these things keep happening that, that keep kind of making me think yeah I, i'm on the i'm on the right path here you know this is this is actually what what's going on and then and now i'm i'm exploring the the i guess the inhibitant of us inhabiting this biological vessel that, that our consciousness is trapped within and i am now a, a firm believer that we all have the ability to operate on all of these vibrations on all of these frequencies that spirits are operating on we're just trapped by this five sense reality that we're living in you know this body that we're in and it it's preventing our true um, I guess our true worth and and our consciousness from achieving its true capabilities. Yeah. Um, and when we do die, or you know, if you, if you are I guess talented like a medium or a psychic, you can tune into those frequencies. But things that we're doing to ourselves, things that we're eating and drinking that are calcifying the pineal gland, or um, you know, bombarding ourselves with EMF and Wi-Fi and 4G and 5G and all of this stuff that's now surrounding us um, is really bad for us. And EMF is, has been proven to um, have a negative effect on the human body. And um, it basically um, uh, limits the melatonin that is produced by your pineal gland into your bloodstream, which is what makes you tired. It's what makes you so sleep. So when people have yeah. their phones charging by them and, and, and they're reading a book on their iPad before they go to bed, <laughs> this is having a really negative effect on you. And it can make you not sleep. And if you don't sleep, if you have sleep deprivation, it can lead to sleep paralysis. Paralysis. It can lead to hallucinations. You know, and, and a lot of the houses that claim haunted activity, they just have really bad electrics, and their house is just being pumped with EMF, and it can yeah. mimic certain haunting qualities. Wow, you mentioned melatonin. I, you know, and it's one thing I, and I've done this experiment too, and I should do it again because I sleep. Unfortunately, I have to carry two phones. <laughs> so I got two phones sitting there just radiating the hell out of me all night long. Um, and I do, I, I am no different. I, I am, and I'm not even going to say I'm a victim to this. It's my own responsibility and I should know better. But yeah, I am one of those people. I, I mean, I stare at my phone before I go to bed. I'll sit there and read some articles, do whatever, look at my Facebook and stuff like that. Um, I did, I got myself to, I had a bad habit for a while where I would wake up two o'clock Every morning, you could say, I mean, I, I actually, my, my clock started just adjusting to this two o'clock every morning, get up and start staring at my phone again. And I would sit yeah. there and read, oh, there's an article. And I'd read an article for another hour in the middle of the night until about three in the morning and then go back to bed and sleep until I got up. Right. And that's just not healthy. <laughs> you can't do no, that. You need, you need solid sleep. You need a solid block of sleep. Um, what I, the gentleman I'm working with for my weight training stuff I do now, uh, he taught me about melatonin. 
and explained yeah. to me what melatonin was. I should have known it already by now, but I didn't. So I learned about it. And I've been doing, I, you know, I've been actually taking melatonin, not large amounts, but just a little bit, like 10 milligrams a night to help me sleep better and keep myself more consistent as far as my sleep patterns are concerned, because I sleep like a tick. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I jump out of bed with the first thing I hear. So I'm trying to get, you know, I'm not going to take like a gallon of downers. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. No, just a little, just something to, just to, to shut me down a little bit and get me to sleep more solid. So I think, and that's one thing, uh, my coach I was mentioning, he said the same thing. He's a lot of people, yeah, their minds are so bombarded with so many things now that their melatonin levels are not very, you know, they, they don't have the proper amount of melatonin anymore to sleep properly. Uh, and he's like, that's why people are so messed up now and they, they have no attention spans and they can't concentrate on things. This sound, this all is starting to sound kind of familiar, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. they can't yeah. concentrate on things and, and they don't focus on things and they can't learn like they used to learn. Right. So um, that all kind of ties together with this idea. Uh, it, it's interesting. And yeah, but going to another sense we may have, that this is where this started at. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, we have our basic five senses. And one of the things that I've said about this, I've been saying for a while now is, you know, we may have another sense we don't know about, or maybe ghosts or whatever they may be are just some force in nature that we don't understand yet that we don't have yeah, the capacity yeah, to understand yeah. yet too it could go either way it could be both ways i don't know right it's go ahead what are you gonna say i was just saying that um a theory that i'm working on at the moment is is the fact that they're not actually ghosts they're just existing in their timeline and yeah what's happening is, is is timelines are crossing over so i recently interviewed a guy who was lying in bed nine o'clock half nine at night uh just getting ready to go to sleep and he hears a big uh bang come out of his bathroom so, you know like his, his bathroom cabinet is just shut you think you know oh, what the hell's that so he gets up cautiously kind of walks towards his bathroom and he can hear stuff going on in the bathroom and he pushes the door open and for the slightest moment he sees himself brushing his teeth and what? kind of backed away and went back to bed, very confused as to what he'd seen. And eventually, it all it all died down. And yeah, he, you know, he, he but he he did shit himself, shall we say? And, uh, <laughs> um, but but yeah, so I think it's it's possible there. Either he was having a really vivid dream or a timeline had crossed. And when people see a spirit walk through the wall or a spirit floating above the ground, it could be that in their timeline, the wall isn't there. Or the ground is higher, and that's why the ghosts are appearing to act in in that particular way. So you know when you see a guy walking through your house and you think, "Ooh, what the hell was that?" The guy could be looking at you, thinking, "Ooh, what the hell is sure that?" You, yeah. I'm sure I just saw someone there. <laughs> yeah, and they they could be just as scary you as they are them, or startled. I should say startled. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah, it's... And, and 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 so this is something I'm beginning to explore now that 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 this could very well be a possibility because if time isn't linear, and people are beginning to understand this more and more now, and if time isn't linear, so that means everything that's ever happened and ever will happen is happening right now. Yeah, you know we've already had this conversation, but we have yet to have this conversation, and I think if that's a possibility, which I think it is, then it's possible that ghosts aren't ghosts what you're actually seeing is just a bleed through as we talk about with frequencies yeah it's just a bleed through of timelines you know i i and i that's so probable to me it makes and it makes the most sense too 
is a, yeah. I mean, you know, and look, I, I like ghost stories. I like these ideas. And, you know, I, there's a lot of compelling ideas as far as like, you know, like, look, like, you know, imprinting things in the environment and stuff like that. That's why we may see residual type hauntings. But to me, it's got to be way more mechanical. I, I keep saying, like, break it down to the mechanical level. It's got to be something very mechanical. And if we do have, and I love this idea of, you know, there could be, we could have, I mean, I'm sitting in our little studio right now, and there may be 12 of these exact same studios yeah. in, 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 in a space, in space and time, you know, and thinking that this is my little place in the world and there's nothing like it at all, and there may be another timeline that's 15 minutes in the future. Yep. 15 yep. minutes yep. in the future. I mean, nothing really. 15 minutes in the future that that is the little studio that's inside my house, that's inside my neighborhood, that's inside the city my neighborhood's in, that's inside the, the state that my, my city's in, right? And it's yep. all one timeline that's just 15 minutes ahead of time from yep. where I'm at yeah, right that- now. Right? Very possible. Messes your head up. <laughs> it's a total yeah. trip. It's a, no, it's a total yeah. trip to think about that. And yeah, to think about that, I'm, let's just say I'm sitting here, just to put this in perspective, I'm sitting down here mixing our show that we have, we're, we're doing right now, getting it all ready for, to put out there for people to listen to. And I look up to grab my cup of coffee and I see some portly guy with long hair and a big old beard walking, <laughs> that's me by the way, walking, <laughs> walking out of the studio. Yeah, just my yeah. and 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 the thing is, you know that that when people claim to kind of get deja vu, could that be an example of that? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I and that feeling, everybody knows what deja vu is, and it, and it's the weirdest. I mean, there's no feeling like that in the world that, as far as, I mean, because I know it. It's actually physically stopped me at times. Yeah, I'll be yeah. somewhere, or me and you know me and Amber will be somewhere and. I'll, I've said it. I'm like, why do I feel like we've this is this has happened before, right? And it may be that that future Scott, <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes ahead of me, that has been there already. I mean, that's yeah. that's a total trip to think about that, man. Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. And uh, I mean, you know, when I first I, I saw a program on BBC called The Living and the Dead. And it was about a guy who in, he inherits this farm, and he's a he's a rich guy, and he has these kind of farmers working for him. And this is in the 1800s. And at the same time in the in the program, there's a an alternate timeline where there's this girl, um, like well, young lady existing in in our time, so to the 2000s. And the idea is that she's getting an interest in her, her family history, and she wants to go and trace her family back. Yeah. And what happens is you find out that these two are actually related. So this guy keeps hearing noises in his house, and people think he's going mad and stuff. And um, he gets up and walks down the corridor, and a lady walks past him with um, a big white light glowing in her hand, and she's just holding an iPad. <laughs> but to someone who's living in, like, 1830-something, he doesn't have a clue what that is. Oh, my God, um, yeah. And they pass each other, and they kind of stop and look around and think, did I just pass somebody? But they can't see each other, really. Yeah. Um, and and they carry on on their own way. And I actually think that, 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 that you know, the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, um, this is becoming a, a more favoured theory of mine than the fact that, you know, we die and, and the, a, a spirit releases from our body and continues to haunt Earth. Yeah. Um, I actually just think that there's alternate timelines. Oh, and that's, I mean, 
You got, you got me in meltdown mode. This is totally awesome. I love this. Uh, <laughs> and that may be that sixth sense we're talking about. You're, you, 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 like you're, you do walk by someone from a different timeline. Maybe it's somebody from 15 minutes before, 15 yeah. minutes earlier, and I'm in the future now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you do walk by your past self or your future self. It don't matter. And maybe every once in a while, you just feel something. Something impresses itself upon your mind. And it, and it gives you an emotion, a feeling, whatever it might be, right? And, but how does that get there? How did, how did that get there to your brain? How did you get that impression? That's the sixth sense, you know, that, that other sense we're talking about, maybe outside of the five senses we have. Uh, I mean, there's so way, I, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah. the, my, my only concern with this theory, because of course, as anyone that, that comes up with a theory should do, they, they have to question themselves. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and my only doubt here is that what we're seeing is... Um, if all we ever see is is the past so when we do a spirit board session they're always from the past you know if we capture a ghost they're always wearing victorian clothes or roman clothes or something well why don't we ever see anyone from the future why don't we touch somebody on a spirit board who's from 2175 or anything like that now you have had rare very rare occurrences where people have, have investigated or detailed that they've had a time slip and they, they think they've gone into the future. Yeah. But that's very, very rare. You know, pe- people have had time slips where they've gone into the past. So if that if that's the case, then everything we're discussing, this theory we're discussing, isn't quite right. Because surely at some point, you would be the past. And you'd be talking to someone from, you know, 100 years in the future. Yeah, the, the or you'd whole... see someone 100 years from the future. But you never you never yeah. do. So that's that's the doubt that's in my mind. The, ho- the whole study of uh, of ghosts... Let's just say spirits. It's all based on history. History. Yeah. 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 You never hear about, we saw a ghost from the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm goofing, but it's, but it's true. It's true. Uh, it's all, that's one of the things we've always said. You have to be, you find yourself becoming more of a history nerd than a ghost hunter, or, or, or I should say a ghost investigator or someone who studies the stuff. Uh, you find yourself being, becoming more of a history nerd because you find yourself studying history a lot more. The past. Yeah. The past. What about the future? I never, and I've not really, I mean, I never really entertained that, to be honest with you. That's a, that's a very profound idea you have, Karen. Yeah. It is. I mean, I mean right. that. It's, it's been called prof- a lot worse than no, that. No, it's a very profound <laughs> idea because I never thought about it that way. I mean, I guess, I guess you know, the whole thing, and, and this is just people like having to, you know, make things make sense in their minds. I guess this whole idea is reserved for the UFO stuff, <laughs> right? Oh, this is all the future. All the futuristic stuff is, is in the UFO thing. You want to talk about the future, it's all UFO. All the ghost stuff is for the past. And I mean, I hate to put it that way, but really that's how people perceive it. It, it is. And, 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 and like I said, I mentioned earlier very briefly that, that what's happened is, is we are on this kind of stalemate at the moment with, with paranormal investigating. You know, we're using the same equipment. We're pushing the same theories. You know, even down to just asking the same questions every investigator. Are you a man? Are you a female? Yeah. You know, did you die here? Do you want to hurt us? And it just gets very boring, you know. And, and I got told off once because I asked if they'd met God. <laughs> and um, so I said, that? you can't ask that. 
I said, well, why? You know, that is one of the most asked questions in the world. Is God real? And, you know, we don't know where, where we're sitting right now. And I do want to know. So why not ask that question? Um, but because it, you know, it didn't fit in with the, the very small ideology of what we should be asking. Um, I was, I was reprimanded for it. There's like whole books written on stuff about God. <laughs> and all types of different languages and different, different, all types of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure you know this. I'm just saying though, uh, to me, it's a very logical question. Yeah. It's a very yeah. logical question. It's, it's a big question. I mean, I know it's a, it's a big idea, but to me, it's a very logical question to ask like, Hey, have you talked to the dude upstairs? Yeah. What's up? I mean, to be, to be quite honest, I, I, couldn't give a toss if he's a man or a woman or yeah you know if, if, yeah. if uh, how they died i mean it's interesting and it's nice to get a backstory to see if it fits the building when you when you go and do some research on the building so yeah it, it's nice and i guess it is a necessity yeah but should it be at the forefront of our investigation probably not no um unfortunately it is it is on on everything that 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 is involved in the investigation field, and uh, and and I, I think that's why it's become a bit a bit stale, um, and you know so these theories, you know that you, you call it profound, and, and I think that's great. Um, I want to see more of that. I want to see more people coming up with these weird, wacky theories, because once you've got a theory, you have something to work towards with your research, and you know you, you might get halfway and think, oh, actually yeah. that was bullshit. I've made a mistake. <laughs> And, but you have to admit that to yourself. And yeah. if you can, then that's great. You move the goalposts and, and you start again. But sometimes you work towards it and you keep going and you get closer and closer and closer to the point where you think, actually, this is right. You know, it, it, it can't be anything other than this. And and so that's why we need theories. We need outlandish thought processes. We need to start uh, chopping and changing things up because, you know, I genuinely, I genuinely fear for the future of paranormal research the way it's going at the moment oh it's it's uh, well it goes back to this what we were talking about before though too is i you know i i think people don't i think one of the well it's one of my biggest complaints i think i have about contemporary society globally is everything is very very instant we uh, as we both know time is speeding up Everything is aggressive, faster, faster, more aggressive, faster, faster, more aggressive, right? Yeah. Uh, I know just from my background professionally and personally that sometimes you have to spend time with things. It's a long process. It can be kind of quite grueling at times, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trying to you know, move that thing one notch forward to, to, to achieve a goal with something, right? To, to, to achieve some kind of goal. And in this case... As far as studying this stuff, we don't even know what the hell that goal is. No, but you're no. but but you're working on a theory, an idea, and a lot of times that can take years. I I I'm happy to know that I I've met people, I know people like this that have been working on things for years, decades, working on ideas, and they don't know what it is, but they're determined in their own way, and they may never realize anything with this. But they are putting the time into it and they're focused and they realize that this is something that can't happen overnight. And that even happens with tangible things. You know, if you're trying to build a career or you're trying to 
build a life for yourself. That's something that happens for, you know, it takes decades to get yourself to a certain point. I'm old as hell, so I know better. <laughs> right? I know. So, I mean, and I mean, that's, it, it's no different though. It takes years to build a life, build a home, all these things. And I think that's one of the things I do fear in this field along with you. And it's based on that idea is that, look, you're not going to watch a TV show and go out tomorrow and see a demon run out. Like I said, jump out of a bedroom and chase you down the hallway. It just simply don't work that way. It just simply doesn't work that way. It's not instant gratification. It can't always be that way. You're going to have to put your head down and do some work, right? One thing you mentioned a few minutes ago, and I wanted to ask you about this. You were talking about uh, that that situation where you flooded the room with EMF, right? Yes. Um, you said that you, you mentioned there, and I, I, I picked that out and wrote it down. You mentioned that you had to be taken out of the room. No, so this was a different, it was a different, sorry, oh, I'm I may sorry. have picked that up. But they're, they're completely different occurrences. Okay, I'm sorry, I apologize. Well, that situation you mentioned, though, right? Yeah. If we could talk about that for a second. You said you had to, and, and if I, look, listen, if I, I don't want to step out of any boundaries here. So if I say something, just say I don't want to talk about that. Perfectly clear. Okay, yeah, right? sure, sure. Uh, you said that you you had to leave the room. Yes. Yeah. Can I ask why? Uh, Can I? Yeah, ask why? yeah. So yeah. I was. It was one of my early investigations, and I was participating as a human pendulum. So do you know what that is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was the the pendulum in this instance. So we'd got the usual uh, person in front of me, person behind me, just in case I decided to to fall over. Yeah. And um, I was relaxed. I was put into a relaxed state. I was kind of. It was one o'clock in the morning, so that wasn't hard. And <laughs> I was stood. Feet shoulder width apart, just really nice and relaxed. And the guy started to ask questions. And, and 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 for your listeners maybe that don't understand what this is, the idea is that someone gets relaxed, they stand up, and we ask for a spirit to communicate with us using that person as a pendulum. So they might swing them forwards for a yes answer, backwards for a no answer, and then you can start asking questions. Okay. So I was I could hear these questions, and 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 but those questions became fainter and fainter, and I kind of ended up just in my own little world. And I was aware that, you know, there were people around me and what was going on. I just kind of wasn't part of it anymore. And I was moving backwards and forwards. Uh, apparently, I, I felt like I was stood still. But according to some of the guys that were there, at one point I was doing a Michael Jackson lean. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm six foot one and nearly 20 stone. So to, yeah. to do a Michael Jackson lean for me is, is very, very, uh, well, it's just impossible. And But <laughs> I started to swing backwards and forwards really, really mad. And then I had a huge whack on the top of my forehead, which flew me backwards. Uh, the guy behind me, I kind of crumpled him as he stopped me from hitting the floor. And uh, cautiously got to my feet, and I had like what felt like a, a voice grip on my head. So if someone was grabbing your head or kind of really squeezing the top of my head, it was really painful, um, struggling to see, like a really bad migraine. And I kind of got half carried out of the room. And we went into the room next door, and this guy kept saying to me, you know, are you, how do you feel? What's your name? And I couldn't remember my name. He asked me what day of the week it was. I told him it was Wednesday, but it was a Friday. And I just didn't have a clue what was going on. And that, it was at this point we heard this growl. So I kind of spun around, and he said, no, 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 forget that. Just look at me. Yeah. And um, so I did, and then I had like a, a chocolate biscuit or something and <laughs> kind of yeah, get my energy levels back up. And, yeah, yeah. 15 minutes or so later, I felt okay again, you know, well enough to, to go back into the room. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've done that room dozens of times and it seems to have the same effect on people. Really? Um, and, and 
that stuck with me really because it was a it was a physical attack you know i something hit the top of my head and sent me backwards i was gonna say i mean did you uh, did you feel i mean abby i think it's pretty obvious you felt pretty threatened in that situation correct yeah yeah i mean i i I, I, like they they were quick enough and and wise enough to take me out of the room uh i think the state i was in i wouldn't have considered leaving you know i was so dazed i was so because, you know, you've gone from this relaxed state. Imagine being fast asleep in bed and someone just comes and whacks you in the face. You, you'd spend the next five minutes think, trying to think, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. And and that's the, that's the kind of what I was in. And so it took about, like I say, 15 minutes or so for me to realise what had happened and, and to process what had happened. Um, but it, it certainly freaked me out. And, and even now, you know, I, I, I try to avoid doing human pendulums now. <laughs> Now, as far as that experience you had, and this is something I, I meant to ask you as far, I mean, th- I'm glad that this got mentioned. I mean, do you think that really, I mean, I guess I want to ask this in the right way without sounding like a complete idiot, but I'm pretty good at making myself sound like a complete idiot. So <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just run with it. Uh, I mean, do you think that was really an, an anomalous situation? Do you feel like that was some real contact you had? Um. Uh... I can't think what else it, it would be. I mean, yeah. I, there was about 10 to 15 people in the room. Yeah. And, you know, they're all, all, all friends and, and close friends. And we all trust each other. And you have to trust people oh, yeah. when you go on these investigations. You have to trust that they're not lying to you with certain experiences and stuff. And, you know, I, I obviously trusted them to, to have them stood in front of me and behind me to catch me in case anything like did happen did happen yeah and um yeah i mean i my eyes were closed my head was kind of down so my chin was resting on my chest and it was a, it was a firm whack you know it was a firm almost like an open palm to, to to the top of the head um that sent me backwards and then it didn't let go so you know even as i was on the floor it's kind of this, this grip on the top of my head like this darkness as had, had descended in, into my head um so yeah i mean i uh, I, if you read my book, if you come and see me talk, I am a, a hugely sceptical person by nature. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't explain that. It was a very personal experience. Um, and, yeah, I think it was anomalous. Yeah, I I, I think that the, what you just said is where it's a very personal experience. Cause, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we talked about this earlier. Uh, I know I all the years I've been doing this, I, I tell people – I'm lucky if I can give you two hands worth of things that I would consider anomalous that I've experienced over the last couple of decades of doing this stuff, mm-hmm. right? That I would, that I've finally said, okay, this is something I really can't explain, right? Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's what I tell people, you know, like that's over, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not super paranormal investigator either. I don't have a cape, <laughs> right? Um, but that's just over the stuff that I've done. That's the journey that I've taken, right? Uh, and I think that the the most seasoned people out there are the people that do make this a personal journey for themselves. They make it something that's personal as far as their experiences too. I know it's I know that's what I've grown into with this. I know when I started out, and I've been very open about this. We've talked about it for years. That our we had a mission statement like we're going to prove the existence of the afterlife. <laughs> that was our <laughs> mission statement, man. Right. Um, and, you know, over the years you grow and you, and you realize to me, cause yeah, it was like, we're going to, we're going to get evidence of this. We're going to, we're going to prove this to the world that we're going to, that there's this and that. I mean, that was our mission statement. We were young. We had yep. to learn. Right. And over the years, 
it has just simply become a personal journey now for me and the people that are close to me that are involved with this. And I, I love to just walk off by myself. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I know you're not supposed to That's do that. Some of the, some of the best thing to do. Yeah. I mean, but, I, but I, I no, no. we take these pieces of equipment with us, you know, yeah. these, all these battery powered, electrical powered pieces of equipment, but they can all be faulty. You know, you can have a faulty battery. They can be affected by EMF, yeah, be affected yeah. by your mobile phone. Um, the only thing that, you know, that you can truly trust is yourself. Yeah. And if you experience something, then you know, you have, and if you've lied about experiencing something, then fine. But you've got to live with that. You know, you've yeah, got to go to bed you. that night knowing that you actually didn't really experience what you've said. Yeah. And 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 this is why you know I've been stood next to someone in the same room and they're swearing blind that they can see a shadow man stood right in front of them. Yeah. I can't see a thing. Does that mean that they're lying? No. It just means that they're potentially tuning into Radio X while I'm listening to Radio Y. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, which which is possible, and and so it becomes a very very personal thing. And in fact, the thing I touch on in my new presentation is that you know, can we ever trust the future uh, of paranormal evidence? Because any photo is seen as Photoshop, any video evidence can be debunked. Oh, yeah. There's always someone that's doubting a piece of evidence that you that you're throwing forward. So the only thing that you can't doubt is yourself, and that that's the way it needs to be. And that's what to me that's what it really means. That's what I know I've grown into. Like I said, is all I really am concerned about is what I experienced now. It's as simple yeah. as that. And if I don't have a picture or if I don't have a piece of audio, I'm not really too worried about that. This is something that I'm doing for myself now, not for other people. Uh, and it's great. I mean, not this again, to be fair, uh, you know, people that want to present and they want to put evidence out there more power to them. This is just how I feel. Right. That's yeah. that's all it really is. Karen, yeah. I want to thank you so much. I hope I didn't keep you too long. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been uh, absolutely great. Yeah. Great. It's I, really, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Love to do it again sometime. Yeah. 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 Hopefully if I've worked on any more theories or. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. We'll, we'll do this if down I'm the road. But doing I, anything else. Yeah, I, I really mean that. I, I would love to have you back on sometime. And thank you so much for talking to us. This has been fantastic. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Ghostly Talk! <laughs>